0: This is the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. For all your gold and silver buying needs, call them at 1-800-951-0592, or log on to allamericangold.com. Broadcast for Wednesday, September the 7th, 2016. Well, hey, good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour on a September 7th. A hump day, if you will... What do we do? The physical delivery of gold and silver, and it's easy. Has given us a call at one eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two, or go check us out online at allamericangold.com. You can go take a look at the products there. Just point and click. It's that simple. Or check out the news to disturb the comfortable. I will tell you this: This show is brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group and its CEO and owner, Joe Jaquin. And he's the man who does the research. He's the financing behind the show. And he's here to deliver economics with attitude. Joe, it's a hump day. How are you today? It's a raining hump day Believe it or do. not. And they're blaming the Mexicans for it because it's a tropical <laughs> rainstorm coming out of Mexico.
1: Their fault.
0: Their fault. We'll I you. You know, hey, if the wall was up, would we have this rain? I don't know. I think we would. I think we would, too. But anyway,
1: of course, it's the Valley of the Sun, so we all, we just love the rain here in Arizona. I don't know how long it's going to be here, but uh, the longer, the better, Uh, which always puts people in a good mood here, which is the exact opposite of most of the rest of the country. You know, I grew up in Syracuse, and outside of maybe Seattle, the sun was out less there than anywhere else.
0: Really? Is that true yeah. about Syracuse? You guys have a lot of oh, we, and Listen, here's the point. That was something we used to brag about.
1: You know, because it's Syracuse. Outside of Syracuse University, wasn't a whole lot there to brag about, but that was one of our, I guess, our claims to fame is the sun never came out. Uh, so here in Arizona, where the sun is always out, we rejoice uh, of the few days of the year when it isn't. And hopefully it's raining in the right places to get into the reservoirs. I don't know how all that works.
0: Hey, water's always necessary. So, I mean, where you're from, there's lakes everywhere. Isn't that true? That is true. Syracuse is A uh, of part of the Finger Lakes as well, well right? Well, yeah,
1: it, the Finger Lakes area.
0: Area, yeah. in
1: yeah. upstate New York there, but... Uh, Anyway, it is a
0: rainy Wednesday. Uh, other good news, football starts tomorrow. With that, and farmers have to be pretty excited about harvest is approaching. You know, there's so much that us people in the big city of Phoenix don't realize what happens in communities in, like in Colorado, in Idaho, up in the Northwest. There's a lot of big things about to happen agriculturally.
1: Yeah, well, I'm sure the farmers wish that they're – the prices were better, but uh, hopefully they'll all be able to uh, withstand it and be back for another year. That's always one of those things I always say. To myself, I should have been a farmer, and I don't know. You know, as a kid growing up, uh, for whatever reason, I got into gardening, and not like uh, you'd think about it. In you know, over the one summer. Uh, a bunch of neighbors had these little
0: gardens. Oh, you're talking actual gardening. I thought you meant a, like a plant in your bedroom that you were hiding from everyone. <laughs> not that kind of garden. Okay, I just thought okay. you do that in Colorado,
1: but not that, you know not that kind. I should I shouldn't make fun of Colorado. You can, I guess we have those. We here have that now. here as well. Uh, yeah. Okay, so there you go. Uh, but I had a little garden. You know, I tore up the yard because let's face it, who doesn't want to tear stuff up? And and I did that, and and I. I I don't know how well I did it, because I've done it here in Arizona much harder here. Uh, One of the things that I didn't really have to worry about was water, right? Because in Syracuse, it was going to rain any day now. So you didn't, you know, once you planted everything, you're kind of okay, You know, there really wasn't a lot, you know, once a week, maybe go pull a few weeds, but you didn't really have to do a lot. Yeah, the
0: good Lord provided your irrigation system, right? Here in
1: Arizona, way harder. Yeah. And it it almost seems like it doesn't matter how much water I give it, right? These things just don't live through the summer, but uh, I always say that I should have been a farmer. I really don't mean it, because they work way too hard, right? I, I...
0: up early, late to bed. Yeah. up early, late to bed. That's a farmer's life. I mean, I'm, I'm up to early. Yeah,
1: but but yeah, no, not not. Uh, in in my head, it actually seems like a really good idea. Who wouldn't want to be able to to take the earth and and be able to grow crops and be able to feed not only yourself but your neighbors in your community? And it sounds great. But it's way too much work, and quite honestly, I'm too lazy, so therefore, ergo, I do this. So then,
0: <laughs> We each have our own path. Right? We each have our I own have path.
1: the voice for radio, I've got the body for radio, and apparently I've got the work ethic for radio. Speaking of work ethic, the Federal Reserve, right now, fed Governors George and Lacker testifying in front of Congress about why it is that the, well let's call it what it is, this private bank should not have any, I guess worries of overseeing from the government itself now I could come up with a lot of reasons why right? maybe we need to oversee these people in the little over the hundred years that they've been around then uh, you know it really is amazing how we've gotten to this point where we where we allowed a private group of bankers to have this much control and authority over the uh, over the American citizenry. I really have a hard time understanding. Matter of fact, you know, it's so funny when you look at the writings, not only of the Constitution, but the writings of the founding fathers. Not all, not all. But the vast majority of them wanted nothing to do with the central bank and didn't want, obviously, the bankers to have control over our money, which is why they said the money needed to be gold and silver. It's not like fiat money was a new concept never before seen or heard of when the Federal Reserve came into creation in 1913. Matter of fact, the United States operated for about a hundred years without a central bank at all. Just fine. You know what you don't hear about? The Great Depression of 1850. You don't hear about that, right? You hear about the Great Depression of the 20s and the 30s, and of course the new financial crisis, all led by who? Yeah, you guessed it—the central bankers. We'll be back right after the break. Patriot Radio News Hour Double J in the love Our toll free number 800-951-0592 Kenneth Rogoff He's the guy that wrote the book The Curse of Cash Uh, He is the latest in a litany uh, Of, I guess Academic, academia bankers That are preparing us for what is going to be uh, the next collapse of fiat money. And it's so funny because I'm reading his book. You know, if you missed yesterday's show, make sure you go back and listen to it because it really outlines the real reason why it is all of these people want to get rid of cash. It has nothing to do with counterfeiting or drug dealing or terrorism. I mean, those are those are convenient things. Let's face it: the uh, the terrorists probably get more money from hacking, right? <laughs> hacking into people. I mean, you got to worry more about uh, plugging into your rental car. Did you see that? Where now the the hackers are stealing your data. If you like sync up with the Bluetooth in a rental car, you got to worry about people stealing your stuff. Uh, you, you know, what what hotel chain did I sh- uh, stay at last week? Did they get hacked? I went to the supermarket. You know what? I went in, to the uh, and, and used my card to get gas. Was that machine hacked? You got to worry more well, about anywhere that you stuff.
0: slide your your uh, credit card anywhere. or your debit
1: card. You, you got to worry about that stuff, and and uh, and of course, so the, this whole argument really isn't a very good one. But what the real truth was is, hey, we need to have the ability to really have negative rates, because this is where, you know, this is where the currency fail. and and so as I'm reading this book. He gave an outline about the reasoning. And, of course, the main reasoning is, hey, the Fed will never be out of bullets if we get rid of cash. And really what he meant by that was if we prevent prevent the citizenry from having the ability to withdraw money out of the banking system, In other words, if we lock them in there, lock them in their IRAs, their 401Ks, into their bank accounts, we can simply provide the ability to essentially tax them, confiscate some of their wealth by charging them an interest rate or a negative rate on their money essentially saying the money every night when you go to bed becomes worth a little bit less when you wake up. And if that little bit isn't enough, we can make it be a lot of bit, And therefore, we'll never be out of bullets. Right? And of course, that just really leads to hyperinflation and and all of those things. So the funny thing is, is as I'm working through this book, the next chapter is his version of the history of money. And you have to go all the way back in the, uh, the Turkish Empire in, in western Turkey. And I'm not sure who. Uh, I want to say it was right before uh, the Persians took it over. There was a king there. That started minting coins, and they happened to be gold and silver coins. And they didn't possess the technology to actually separate them from the alloys, the other alloys. And as they got better at it, they were able to. They came, They developed the technology to separate and have pure gold and pure silver, and minted them into coins. And then they went on to the start of fiat money, All right? Of course, fiat money being paper money, and they and the, and he gives the credit to the Chinese as the first uh, inventor of paper money, and of course the Chinese uh, was uh, Kublai Khan was the one that he said was the first, and what he did was. He had backed the currency with silver, but then didn't allow, as the story goes in the book, didn't allow anybody to actually turn it into silver. In other words, hey, it's backed by silver, you just can't have any, was kind of how the story went. And then he talks about how, over the years, they printed more and more of it, more and more of it, and eventually it became worthless. And then Kublai Khan fell, and the Ming dynasty took over, and they did the same thing, and eventually it became worthless. And then he goes on to the next currency, and the next one, and the next one. And they all end the same way, which is, they eventually become worthless. And and you would think, I mean, I know that they're, I mean, these are really smart people. I mean, the guy went to Harvard. He was the chief economist for the IMF. And you would think, hmm, wait a minute, how many times has this been done throughout history? And the answer, I don't even know the answer, hundreds, thousands? I mean, it's been done, it's been attempted probably in every major and even non major country in the entire world. Some places, uh, a single state or a city tried it. They've all ended up the exact same way. Which is, it becomes worthless. And yet they sit there, and, and I'm sure, I'm not done with the book yet, but I'm sure he's going to justify to us why this time it's going to be different. But essentially, if you think about what he already had written and why they need to go to an electronic currency, and so they can... Essentially start confiscating, devalue, whatever words you'd like to use. Tax, confiscation, devaluation, it's all the same. Essentially saying that the money needs, we need to get ready for the money to be less today than it is going to be, you know, every single day it's going to be worth less. Until it what? Eventually it's going to fail. I find it interesting that that's not the the conclusion they come up with. How is it that they don't come up with that conclusion, which is, let's see, every time everybody's ever tried it, it's always failed. Wouldn't the logical conclusion to that argument be, hey, maybe we shouldn't do that, you'd think, right? (laughs) Right. Uh, The only thing that has never failed has been gold and silver. When gold and silver has been the money, it's never failed. Now, they've tried different things, right? We know about uh, the Romans when they clipped the coins and shaved the coins and did all that stuff to try to, you know, all of a sudden those denariuses kept getting smaller and smaller. But this is part of the, the absolute incredible nonsense that has been cast upon us by, by a very small group of people that, that all of a sudden, when you really start thinking about it, it, really makes you angry. Here you are, you're busting your hump, and let's just say you did it all right. Hey, I did well in school, right? I, I did well in elementary school, I applied myself. I, I I got good grades in high school. I went to college. If I was fortunate enough, maybe you got a scholarship. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you had to get student loans to get there because they told you that's what you had to do. And you ended up with a good job. Right back in the day when you could go to work for a company and work there your whole life. You know that's boy, isn't that hard to do anymore? I feel fortunate. I mean, this is my what, like 13th, 14th year here. I mean, that's that's unheard of longevity. Wendy's been here 18 years, which, by the way, she's stuck on 18. I don't know. You know, every year it seems like it's still 18. Yeah, you, you know, I, I, I'm just. Who
0: do we know that has been at a job longer than Wendy?
1: Rob, there's one. The only one that comes to mind. We've got one friend.
0: My oldest brother. Uh, anyway, he's similar to Rob. Oh, you he's a banker. Banker. Oh, two the bankers. bankers. <laughs> two bankers. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and maybe teachers. I don't know, but they, it doesn't count if you go from one school to another. I don't oh, know. Oh, no, but. no,
0: no. I mean, uh, we're talking about true non-transition. You didn't leave one company to go to another. So if you leave one school, you're going to another district. That's a whole new thing. You either get... You either get let go and have to go to work at a new company, or somebody recruited you away and you left your current employer. Right. Okay? But there's always, you know, I mean, there's always reasons people make that transition, make that change. But then there's always those unrequested ones. Unrequested. Right, yeah. I got let go. I got to go hunt again. Uh, Thank you for working here, by by the way. See you later. I think there's a, a new 1%. Those that have not changed jobs over their careers. Yeah,
1: that's really hard to do. But but
0: just just say you've done it right. Whether
1: you've changed jobs, haven't changed jobs, you worked hard. You worked your way up. You climbed the corporate ladder. You saved for retirement. Right? You followed the green line or whatever color it was. Right, David? Have you seen that commercial? No? No. Anyway. And now here you sit, and they're writing books. Harvard professors, economists from the IMF are writing books saying, hey, this is what's going to happen next. We're going to start confiscating your wealth. Now, I know that we laid out this plan for you. And we told you to do it all this way and do all this and that. But now the fact of the matter is we're broke. We papered the world full of dead matter. I saw, what was it, USA Today? Car loans top a trillion dollars as delinquency rates continue to increase. A trillion dollars. Catching up to student loans. (laughs) Well, I mean, student loans, I don't even know, 1.3, 1.4 trillion. How about IDC, ITT Tech? Shut them down. 8,000 people out of work, 40,000 students. Why? It was all uh, the uh, government refused to uh, allow students to use financial aid for, to attend
0: there. For, to attend ITT. Right. Why do they allow every other place? What is it that we don't need those skills? I don't know what the reasoning is, and, and I would
1: have th- thought, you know, the ITT—that's where you went to learn how to be like a air conditioner repair guy yeah, or something like
0: trade. tradesman, Craft. Another thing that we they obviously don't think we need in America. I'm t- it to me on the educational side. You can go get yourself a computer degree online and get funded for it, but an actual skill set, an actual skill set that's hand. Here in America, that, you know, uh, is it going to stop getting hot here? <laughs> I, I don't know. Right, Where are these people going to go? I don't know. And
1: I'm sure it has to do with the inability of graduates to either find work or or they didn't graduate enough of them or, or something. Because they're for profit. And the government doesn't like that. But, But nonetheless, that's a great point. Now what do you do?
0: What do we do with these folks that are not, you know, geared towards getting a um, political science, uh, you know, a poli sci degree, but wanted to become an air conditioning maintenance guy, or a plumber, or or a carpenter, or, you know, I'm telling you, they're throwing our trades away. And it goes to everything that you talk about, all our jobs going someplace else. Well, guess what? The education to learn those things is going someplace else, too. Patriot Radio News Hour, come on back. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Mrs. Schlafly is a constitutional attorney, pro-family leader, and author of 25 books, including the best-selling A Choice, Not an Echo. And now, here's Mrs. Schlafly.
2: Before accepting the Republican nomination for president, Donald Trump paid a high-profile visit to Capitol Hill, where he hoped to unify congressional Republicans behind his campaign. One of Trump's stops was a private meeting with Senator Ted Cruz, who brought his campaign manager, Jeff Rowe, to the meeting. Two months after suspending his campaign, why did Cruz still invite a campaign manager to join high-level discussions with the presumptive nominee? The answer is that Cruz never stopped running. Many of the people who spent $158 million to back Cruz's run are not going away. Cruz recently set up two new nonprofits to keep his key people employed, prematurely launching another run for president in twenty twenty. Cruz's failure to endorse Trump and his disloyal preparations to run for president in twenty twenty help only one person, Hillary Clinton. Many Republican megadonors actually prefer Hillary because they are globalists who oppose Trump's positions on immigration and trade. These globalist money men are also hostile to our Constitution, which they want to rewrite at a new Constitutional Convention. Eric O'Keefe, an associate of the Koch brothers, backs the Never Trump movement and is also a board member of the Constitutional Convention Project. In 2015, Justice Scalia called a new convention a horrible idea. Cruz has praised the delusional proposal to add several amendments to the Constitution. Cruz earned support from many conservatives when he first came to D.C. four years ago. It's long overdue for Cruz to repudiate the support of these globalists who are working against Trump and against our national sovereignty.
0: Like you, Eagle Forum believes the U.S. Constitution has stood the test of time protecting our freedoms and providing for our prosperity. For a free report on the dangers of calling a Constitutional Convention, write Eagle Forum Radio, Alton, Illinois, 62002, and ask for information on the ConCon. That's Eagle Forum Radio, Alton, Illinois, 62002, or go to EagleForum.org. Thanks, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
1: Welcome back. 800-951-0592. You're going to want to make sure you have at least some of that hard-earned money protected against what is coming from the central banks. If you don't think it's happening, right, if we haven't convinced you enough already, the fact that they're writing books, the guy was on the idiot box yesterday. This morning, IBM announced a massive internal reorganization to cater to blockchain. Of course, blockchain is the technology behind the new digital currencies. It is one of the many most recent signs that peer-to-peer ledger technology which first came along with the digital currency Bitcoin has a serious future applications in big business or at least a sign that big companies are convinced they must examine this further The computer giant will create a whole new division, Watson Financial Services, to encompass Watson, Cloud, and all blockchain-related offerings and strategies, according to IBM's Senior VP of Global Banking Services. Now you know what the funny part is. Is at first they tried, oh yeah, all, all these big companies. Of course, then you find out what they really meant was all the bank the bankers, right? This is all about banking and all about the move that, like I said, we're not being made aware of. I mean, really, are what are they? What are they trying to really tell you? if and when it happens, it's for the good of the country, right? It's going to get rid of the evil tax evaders, and it's going to cut off funding for terrorism, and it's going to end counterfeiting, and let's face it, most of you already use it anyway. We do, you do, we all do, right? I mean, we already, I mean, anymore now, those few of us remaining who still pay things with cash We hold up the line now, right? And what's the last? You know what? It happened, and not that I go to the store very often because I don't. I try not. I try not to never go. Really, that's one of my one of my goals in life, right? If I go a whole week and I never went to any store at all, that was a good week. But I almost never see a person writing the check anymore. Well, I don't remember the last time. I I mean, that, right. And, and, oh, heaven, if you do, I mean, they'll just give you the nastiest looks you've ever seen.
0: My question is, if someone's writing a check, how do they get your social security number, your phone number, and everything else that they ask from you? Well, that that needs to be on the
1: check. And if not, they take your driver's license number, your phone number. I mean, they, they do all that stuff. But nonetheless, IBM says it's created the new roles specifically devoted to blockchain And will will create more. But it declined to share exactly how many. It says that if you search blockchain jobs on job sites like Monster and Indeed, you'll find that more than 100 posted by companies like IBM, Fidelity, Fidelity. Bank of New York Mellon J.P. Morgan Bank of America Capital One American Express Citigroup I mean did we miss that? <laughs> did we miss anything? And then you start, you know, now you gotta put all the pieces of the puzzle together. Do you think that IBM and Bank of America and JP Morgan and Citigroup, Goldman Sachs. Do you think that they decided to invest in this technology without first checking with the central bank?
0: I think the central bank may have pushed them into Whoa. it. Right? <laughs>
1: right? Or was it the other way around? Right? Or did the central bank say ain't listed? By the way. Here's what you need to do. Right? And then you get the spin machine working. Get everyone to believe that it's such a great thing. Right? What you don't want to do is let them know what it really means. And, of course, this is this is the whole, really, when as I'm reading uh, Rogoff's book, of why he wants to get rid of the cash. Is because they want to prevent you from having the ability to operate outside of the system. Hey, listen, if I know tomorrow you're going to put a 4% confiscation on my money or 2% or 5% or 10%, I'm going to go to the bank today and take it all out. And of course, they're going to be ready for that. You know, which is one of the reasons why, you know, all of the people who have bought gold from us over the years—they understand. You know that—that's you know what inflation really means. It's really a confiscation or a taxation. They want the money to be worth two percent less, but it's only over the course of a year. And it's, of course, only the way they track it, right? Because we all know anybody that actually pays the bills knows that 2% is a load of pool. But now the problem is that all the debts that have been accumulated all over the globe surpass the gross $19.5 $19.5 trillion. Dollars. And there is no growth. that can't get the inflation thing going. Because that's supposed to give the illusion of, of what? GDP growth. And so in their infinite wisdom, this is how they think they're going to accomplish it. What could be wrong with that? Could you imagine... The outrage and the anger that's going on, and and a lot of you are already preparing, right, before it's too late. Unfortunately, and when I say a lot of you, we're talking about less than, what, half a percent of the entire, probably a tenth of a percent of all Americans own any gold or silver at all. There's a bunch of them that own some receipts that think they own it. We're going to talk next. We're going to finish up on yesterday's article about gold and silver in your IRAs and the warning from the IRS next. Mm-hmm. Talking about where the biggest chunk of the money is. Really, it's in two places. It's in your bank accounts. Those of us that aren't living paycheck to paycheck, and then it's in your what? Your four hundred and one ks and your IRAs. I mean, that's really where it all is. And there's been something you know. We've spent a lot of time about IRAs. Matter of fact, I've been on the year at least two or three times warning you about these companies and and they're on the internet telling you that it's okay to store your gold in your that your IRA gold at your house or in at the bank. And it was in the weekend edition of the Wall Street Journal. We briefly touched upon it yesterday that the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service says it is warning taxpayers to be very wary of anyone claiming that precious metals can be held in your IRA that can be stored at home or in the safety deposit box. Now, we do millions and millions and millions of dollars of IRAs. And I I don't even know what the number is over the the 20 years. Hundreds of millions. And you can do it legally, uh, exactly how the IRS wants you to do it. It's a simple process, a trustee-to-trustee transaction. You can do it penalty-free. In other words, as most people know, that when you come time to liquidate your IRA, right? Before you do, you got to pay your taxes on it, right? Because technically, in the the, the eyes of the government, all the money's theirs until you paid your taxes. But if you don't want to take the tax hit, you can roll the whole amount over, or whatever dollar amount you decide, penalty free. It's a relatively simple trustee-to-trustee transaction. There's some paperwork involved. you got to open up an account. We use Gold Star Trust. They are the the judiciary or the administrator. Uh, we use them for one reason and one reason only, because they're really good at it, and they don't charge a lot for fees. But I want to, and we'll touch more about that in a minute, but I want to finish with what the Wall Street Journal said. As often true of such maneuvers, talking about trying to skirt the IRS, the tax law isn't entirely clear. Giving advocates room to operate as written the law prohibits investments of IRA assets in collectibles, right? You're not allowed to put the 20s, the Liberties, or the St. Gaudens, or the Indians, the pre 1933 golds, not allowed by law into your IRA. And, of course, that's one of the reasons why we recommend if you don't have an IRA, if you're buying it for yourself, buy the pre-'33s because the law is clear. The government views that as a collectible. Now, we do know when the government confiscated gold in 1933, the only gold that you could keep if you weren't a dentist, right, or somebody like that, you know, used gold in their profession, a jeweler, something of that nature, the only gold you were allowed to keep was collectibles. Now, am I saying that that's going to be the case again? I don't know. With a stroke of a pen, the government can do what they like. But you're able to buy pre-1933 gold today for pretty much the same price as you are a Gold Eagle. And when you get down to the fractionals, right, the half ounce, the quarter ounces, you can actually buy the old stuff for less. The IRA does also leave room for investments in a wide variety of alternative assets, right? Gold and silver being one of them. You could have real estate, untraded securities, tax, law, tax liens, and even fishing rights, which I don't even know what that really means, but you can do it. The law specifically allows IRA investments in certain U.S. gold, silver, or platinum coins and in gold, silver, platinum, or palladium bullion quality bars. Those are the things that you can legally put in your IRA. The details of that is published by the IRS, Publication 590A, so 590A, 590A, Section 408M3. That is the IRS code for what types of metal can be placed Into your IRA. We're going to finish up with the rest of this article when we return. Final segment on a Wednesday. Talking about IRAs, Wall Street Journal this weekend. Putting coins and bullion into your IRA is often more involved and expensive than making typical investment, Well, I guess it's more expensive than the $7.95 E-Trade account. But uh, actually, believe it or not, unfortunately, the Wall Street Journal just doesn't know who to call. That's why you call us. 800-951-0592 uh, if you want to put away some hard assets, whether it's at your house or in an IRA. It says that it's hard for investors to find sponsors that offer physical gold and silver as an investment option, along with traded securities, right? We don't do that. If you want to buy a paper receipt, go call Charles Schwab, go call uh, Vanguard or whoever. It says fees are also typically higher than for those for investments in traded securities. (laughs) <laughs> oh well you know you're right what you're right you know they, they even list here they charge about three percent and oh by the way then if you use like fidelity they're using fidelity in this example because they don't know who to call fidelity charges quarterly storage fees quarterly storage fees as a percentage of, of the value of your holdings, like I said, you can do under $100,000 all of your fees for an entire year. is only $175. If it's, you know, over 100000 I think it, the most it could be is 375 Depending, you'd have to be up there. That would have to be at least a half a million dollars or more. And that's all, that's it. And they go on to to berate all of these uh, physical companies. Uh, there's a place here in town, Blue Diamond Documents in Glendale. They charge anywhere between 400 to 1,200 dollars to do the paperwork for this limited liability company. Uh, like I said, you could go down and do it for your on your own for about 85 bucks. But uh, neither here nor there. Um, hopefully, Ramon, if you can find this article, The per- the Perils of Home Gold in Your IRA, we'll try to have it up on the website for you uh, tomorrow so you can read it all for yourself. Uh, if you want more on the blockchain that IBM is going to create a new division on, that's on our website today, and you can read the entire article, but this is just what's coming. And you need to make sure you got your assets protected, your hard-earned dollars protected, or blockchain dollars, or whatever electronic credit, whatever they're going to call it. And that's where we come in. Uh, Today's special, we have uh, U.S. $10 gold pieces. Uh, We're going to mark them all the way down to $740 per coin. Uh, These are the the liberties, the 1866 to the 1907s. These are the quote-unquote collectibles, and no, they're not uh, the collectibles that our competitors sell at 40 percent commissions. Uh, these these are just great-looking material, half ounce, 740 dollars at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Try to stay dry out there in the Valley of the Sun, everybody. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Take care. Have a great day.